I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. And I'm Amanda. You're listening to Seaside Seaside Stories. Good evening, folks. It's interesting, isn't it? How every town or city has myths or stories of things that go bump in the night? Well, I'll tell you a story of an anonymous town. The type of place that's home to picturesque landscapes with an idyllic countryside with more than 400 years of history. Many wouldn't believe what lurks beneath our feet, hides in the shadows. Many people are ignorant to the creatures that hunt in the night and watch you as you walk down the darkened street. I'll begin this with the introduction of a grandfather and his granddaughter. Sierra, I need to know where my keys are. Her grandfather sounded upset and out of breath. The night Abuzo is after me. I need to be prepared. Grandpa, the creature isn't real. She tried to change the subject. Did you take your pills this morning? It knows I know about it. It's going to come after me, goddammit. How am I supposed to defend myself? Your father left me with nothing but spoons and forks. It wasn't the first time she had heard him talk like this. Her grandfather was getting old, and he was starting to lose it. His slow, encroaching dementia had taken a cruel turn, and the horrific monster he invented that plagued the town, the one that lived in the underground mines, had become completely and obsessively real to him. In his youth, Sierra's grandfather was a writer, writing page after page of fantastical stories and terrifying beasts. As he got older, he began studying urban legends and... Not long after the night Abuzo was created, as well as his insistence that everyone in the family knew how to fire a gun. As a kid, she would cling to every word he said, despite the gruesome details. She didn't mind going to the gun range either, but it stopped once Sierra's parents realized that her grandfather's motivation wasn't just to spend time with the family. The night Abuzo lived in the old abandoned mines because it was so dark and so cold, she remembered he would say. But when the sun sets, it hunts for its next meal. Eventually, Sierra's parents stopped her grandfather from telling his stories. She had become mortified when she found out where the mine was, located about a block or two from her grandfather's house. And following her parents' wishes, Sierra's grandfather stopped telling his stories, and never mentioned the night Abuzo again. But now, in his old age, he'd been especially agitated. The night Abuzo was constantly on his mind. Every time he had an episode, Sierra did her best to calm him down. Grandpa, everything's fine. There isn't any monster coming for you. You're safe. For now, yes, but when the sun goes down, it's over. I've seen it with my own eyes, and it has me marked. The truth was that Sierra's father had taken her grandfather's car keys and the key to his lockbox that held an old handgun. He didn't want her grandfather to hurt anyone or himself. Sierra repeated the lie that she didn't know where it was, and she could hear him beginning to slam drawers in his search. Don't worry, I'm on my way over, and then we can play some cards, okay? No, it's not safe here. I ignored the signs, and now I've sealed my fate. He was in full-on meltdown. You, you stay where you are. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. He began muttering to himself. Destroy the heart and sever the head. Miss one step and you'll be dead. Sierra sighed. It didn't sound like he had taken his pills. And she knew with her parents stuck at work, the responsibility was up to her to make sure her grandfather was okay. Her mom and dad hadn't fully decided on putting him in a home yet, but after today, it might be the last straw. 
Soon, Sierra found herself leaving work early and hopping on the first bus downtown, not bothering to change into other clothes. The sky was a mix of oranges, pinks, and yellows as the sun set. After the bus made its fifth stop, it was a 15 or so minute walk to her grandfather's. The sky grew darker now with some storm clouds rolling in. Sierra quickened her pace in hopes to not get caught in the storm, but she momentarily slowed. All the lights were off in her grandfather's bungalow. The curtains drawn shut. It appeared that there was nobody home. She ran up the six steps under the front porch and rang the doorbell, and within a heartbeat it was open, a look of anger and worry covering her grandfather's face. Before she could say a word, he quickly pulled her inside, surprising her with his speed. Then the door was closed once again. He looked out the window frantically and began to move the bookshelf in front of the door. Sierra's heart sank. He had finally lost it completely. She called his name, but he heard nothing. You should have stayed away when I told you. Sierra shook her head, about to comfort him, when the power flickered, then went out completely. She heard a distant rumble of thunder, the sky taking on the colors of a bruise. Then it was a downpour. Destroy the heart and sever the head. Miss one step and you're sure to be dead. Her grandfather muttered while continuing his search. Grandpa, how about we play a board game? How does that sound? He shook his head, irritated. Have you not been paying attention? He pulled the wooden broom from its place, a quick stomp breaking it in half to a sharp point. I stared at him in shock and fear. The night Abuzo can try to take my soul, but I won't let it have yours too. Grandpa, you need to relax. She put her hands on his shoulders. You're going to hurt yourself. Suddenly, there's a bang from the roof, startling us both. Then after a moment, it sounded like someone was walking on the roof. A high-pitched staccato sounded, almost making the house vibrate. My blood ran cold. The sound began to come from the chimney. Grandpa, what was that? My grandfather moved faster than I had ever seen him, frantically throwing wood and kindling into the fireplace. It's here! Damn it, I thought I had more time. Soot fell from inside the chimney. Was it trying to climb down? My grandfather fumbled with the matches, the first two being duds. My, my gun! I need my gun! Into my grandfather's room. I knew his lockbox was kept under the bed. Dad didn't move it to give him some comfort, but I didn't have the key. My, my dad did. I instead opted to use a hammer, and after a few good hits, the lock popped open. I pulled the weapon from its resting place, and when I returned to the family room, I saw a nightmare. The thing looked emaciated, its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones, its sharp rows of teeth exposed, lacking lips to cover the sharp razors. Its eyes were a deep red, much like blood, and a black dot as the pupil. Although its skeletal frame was small, it was tall. With its size, I was stunned to think how it had fit down the chimney. It reminded me of some deformed bat, but much, much worse. It hissed and spit at my grandfather, letting out a deep, guttural growl. Sierra, shoot it, my grandfather said, holding his speared broomstick protectively. I swallowed hard as it now turned to look at me, the black of its eyes turning to pinpricks. It lifted one clawed hand up, crawling on the ceiling like a bat, all the while keeping its horrifying eyes trained on me. Sierra, shoot, my grandfather yelled again. 
I was frozen in place. It looked down on me from above, and a part of me deep down knew that I was staring into the eyes of an ancient being. Tears streamed down my face, and as it let out a bellowing roar, I lifted the gun and fired. At first, I couldn't hear anything but the ringing in my ears. Then slowly, I heard the creature begin to howl in pain. I had hit the center of the chest. It fell to the floor, nearly landing on top of me. My grandfather didn't hesitate to stab its heart with a broken broomstick. But that didn't stop the creature. It began thrashing, trying to unimpale itself. We have to take its head off. My grandfather looked at me as if I should have known what he was talking about. How? I said frantically, looking around the small bungalow. The creature swung, dragging its long nails across my stomach. I couldn't help but throw myself backwards to avoid further damage, but... Looking down at my shirt, I could now see four red lines slowly beginning to drip blood. I also noticed something in my pocket that I remembered. I frantically pulled the box cutter from my work pants, ignoring the pains in my stomach as I stood back to my feet. More careful this time, and got to work at slicing at the neck. The thick black blood sprayed all over the hallway, covering my grandfather and I. My grandfather held it in place as I cut through the thick skin. The creature's body finally went still, though its eyes frantically looked from my grandfather to I, then around the room. The task only got more difficult when I reached the bone of its neck, but that didn't stop me. It needed to come off. I grabbed the other half of the broken broomstick and lodged the sharp end between the bone. After pressing and prying through the cartilage of the vertebrae, the head was finally severed and its eyes glazed over, staring off at nothing. The creature was dead. But what were we to do with the body? We stayed silent for a few moments to collect ourselves. A glance at my father told me he had the same idea. We needed to take it back to the mine. I wrapped the head and body in the curtains that had been stained with its blood. Then Grandpa helped me haul it into the back of his old pickup truck. The mine was only a short drive away, and soon we drove up the long dirt path to its entrance. We kept the truck on, using the headlights to light our way. There was a half-broken fence to keep you from falling twelve feet. It was a simple solution. Grandpa and I heaved the body over the fence, and a few seconds later heard its impact echo as it hit the bottom. The wrapped-up head followed after it, resulting in a second echo. We dusted ourselves off and headed back for the truck. I sighed. Grandpa, I'm so sorry for not believing you. He shook his head. That's quite all right. I can't blame you for not wanting to listen to the ramblings of an old man. What matters is that we're safe now. I stopped momentarily and pulled my grandpa into a tight embrace. But before I could respond, a high-pitched shriek sounded from within the mine, followed by another, and another, and another. So what's your town's story, hmm? What dark history lies within the past of your hometown? Let us know. Today's story was titled, The Creature, and was read by Sarah. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Seaside Stories Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to tune in every Sunday night for a new exciting episode. I'll be seeing you next week. Bye-bye.